What's up, everybody? This is Ian here with another Musicians Hangout. I have a very special guest here. Her name is Ayana Webb, formerly known as Ivory Melody. And she is a music lessons teacher on the internet and I'm sure in person. And Ayana, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. Now, doing a little bit of research, I, your your former Facebook name was Ivory Melody. Was that your artist's name? You know, it's funny. I actually kind of forgot I had that name because I, I used it really briefly. I was trying to um, figure out a way to create like a screen name that I can use across the board. And at the time, that was maybe like five or six years ago when I used that name. And I was using it to kind of build an online presence for my music, um, my courses. And then I ended up switching it over to the musical web because it was a play on my last name, which is web with two Bs. So I figured that mm -hmm. that would fit a lot better than Ivory Melody. Yeah, I think so. Myself, <laughs> it's better. Now, mm -hmm. you got 10,000 likes on your Facebook page. Yeah. You <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. You're excited about that, and you jumped from 8,000 to 10,000 in two months. Now, how did you do that? Actually, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so funny because ever since I built, you know, my online course presence, I wasn't even concerned about the likes. I was more concerned about the leads because mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, this guy named Jermaine Griggs. Yes. He, yeah, yes. he runs a site named the um, you know hearingplay.com. So mm -hmm. he actually is my mentor now. He was the one who taught me how to build my online businesses. As a matter of fact, he was one of the first people I I interviewed for my podcast. So oh. he was telling me about how a lot of people are concerned about their following on social media, but the problem is you're kind of at the mercy of. Um, you know, the algorithm. So if you post something, I'm not sure if you notice, if you post something on your page, only a small portion of followers will see it. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's why it's more important to focus on getting emails because when you send out one email, it hits every single inbox. So what I've been doing is I've been running paid advertising to collect email addresses from people, which I'm actually running an ad right now. And mm -hmm. as people were collecting emails, they were also visiting my page and liking my page. So that's how I got to that, that 10,000. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> nice. nice. I know Facebook ads are very difficult and I've, I've done them oh, before man. and I've sent it into the Facebook money pit. I don't understand. How <laughs> he, did he teach you how to run an effective Facebook ad campaign too? He did. He broke on? down everything he broke. Cause it, Facebook, you know, it, it can be a money pit if you don't really know how to use it. And sometimes when people use Facebook, there's so many different tools and it has an optimization, uh, what we call an optimization process where when you run the ad, if you run it up, if you run it the right way, it will actually produce the best results for you based on what you set up. But the, the learning curve is how to set it up. So he teaches you everything from finding the right audience, how to use the right headliner for your ad, how to, um, you know, basically break down testing, how to figure out which audiences work best, which ones don't. He breaks all that down. He actually has a course that I use to help hmm. build. Yeah, it's, um, so, you know, he has here in play, but he also has another company called automationclinic.com hmm. where he runs what's called a sales synergy course. And um, 
it's really, it goes in depth, not even just with Facebook advertising, but also how to build a sales page, how to build a landing page. Like he goes through the entire process. So that's pretty much how I learned how to do the same thing. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Awesome. Now, how did you two meet? You you two different coasts. <laughs> so, you know what? I was actually put on to him years ago when I was trying to learn how to play uh, gospel keys. And I happened to Google search and it's like, oh, this guy named Jermaine Griggs has these DVDs. And I just ordered them. And, you know, 10 years go by and I kind of forgot about it. And then at the time, a couple of years ago, when I was, you know, when I had published my first piano course and I was trying to figure out ways to promote it. And, you know, I was kind of like you in terms of just figuring out Facebook. And I'm like, okay, it's a money pit. I don't really know what I'm doing. And then I see this ad. And it's funny how, (laughs) you know, he used the same Facebook ad that I was failing on, you know, (laughs) to find me and then convert me into a customer. So I'm like, obviously, he's doing something right. So that was when I saw his ad about how he started a new business and how he's now teaching um, other people how to run their online business and sell their online courses. And I was like, this must be like the stars aligning. Because <laughs> he's, you know, <laughs> he sells piano courses. So what better person to teach me how to do it than him if he's made millions doing yeah. it? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you're right about millions. It's so funny. I saw him on a few years ago on um, House Hunters. Yep, HGTV. HGTV. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's a big house. Yeah. Piano lessons. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so now you have mostly, no, Facebook is mostly older people now. The young people kind of going towards uh, Instagram. And mm-hmm. Now, so your students are mostly non-traditional, what they say in college, students, right? You know, it's funny. Most of my students are older, like um, closer to the retirement age, to be honest. Mm. So I would say the average age group of my students are between like 45 and 54 somewhere in that age group and Mm. um oddly enough they're on instagram too it's it's funny because instagram came out when we were like or at least i'm not sure how old you are but i'm 30 now so i would say like mid-20s when instagram became you know popular and um even though mm-hmm. it was geared towards the younger crowd i was still getting students older students from instagram as well so I would say both Facebook and Instagram would be good for even targeting for, you know, people in that age group. But, um, yeah. And I, I, it's funny. I target to people who are younger, but it just didn't, I'm not sure if it's just not in their budget or even parents with, you know, younger kids, they would much rather put their kids in private lessons as opposed to doing a course. And the reason why, mm-hmm. Older people tend to levitate to my online courses because it's self-paced. So older people, you know, they have busier schedules. They can't really commit to lessons like, you know, parents could with their kids. So an online course would be more ideal for them. Mm. So I never would have thought Mm -hmm. all the old folks on Instagram taking selfies. (laughs) You'd be surprised. Selfies at the club. (laughs) You'd be surprised. (laughs) Uh, yeah, nursing home selfies. Anyway, um, <laughs> the <clears throat> so uh, you're uh, so students all over the world. I'm assuming you, you is you have like I remember you had a status like someone had uh from Japan, the Netherlands actually. Um, oh, the Netherlands. About the most recent one. Yeah. Oh, so he lives in Oregon, but he's from Ethiopia. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So now. 
Now, what is your favorite piece of gear? Um, you said favorite piece of what? Gear, like your favorite piano, oh, or do you have like you know what? Yeah. Um, see, I'm not like a gear. I guess you say a gearhead. I'm more about what's mm-hmm. functional. So, my favorite. Oh my goodness, I don't even know. It depends on what I'm looking for. It depends on what. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as far as music production is concerned. I would have to go with a motif because that's what I have downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as learning piano strictly for education, you know what? People might hate me for this, but the first thing I'm thinking of is the Casio Privia. They have this new Privia coming out, and it is what they showed me at NAM was mind blowing. I'm not sure if you've seen that video that I posted on Facebook. No, I no. Haven't. So they have so Casio. I know that they've been doing a lot better in terms of their quality, but they have this trivia that they have coming out in the spring and it has this app that comes with it. And it's basically kind of like Synthasia, Piano Maestro, and a music reading, like a music reader app where you can turn the pages with the pedal all in one free app. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's incredible. Hmm. So so the, so the- Pretty much put an app that um, functions with the actual right. keyboard. Pretty much exactly. Hmm. I thought they would have already made that by now. No, no, nope, not yet. But <laughs> so, what was your um, greatest musical moment or worst musical moment, and how did you get? How did you get through the worst one? How did you get to the great one? So, uh, you know what? It dep- okay, so do you mean career-wise or just musical, uh, musical craft-wise? Mm, doesn't oh, matter. Okay. Wow. You know what? Interview. Okay. Two moments come to mind. Um, and I think this, this first one might be uh, of use to your listeners because, you know, you get a lot of musicians who get very discouraged with the idea of being able to thrive with their, their musical craft on a career level, but I think that this, this story will help. So mm-hmm. back in college, um, I was going through a rough spot and I was in need of a job. And this was, this moment for me happened about six months after my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I had just sorry gotten through, I'm sorry, thanks. I, was, I had just gotten through, my car had broken down and needed like a $1,700 job. And the guy that I was dating at that time, he left me like all this happened within wow. a span of like a month. <laughs> so I was, and wow. of course I was out of a job. And at the time I was trying to apply, I was still in school. Of course I was failing classes because of everything that was happening. So it all seemed like it was just, you know, falling apart. So I was like, you know what, let me see what I can do in terms of doing something with my music. I'm, ar- I'm already going to school for music. Let me see what I can pull. So I started applying for jobs as piano instructor for different schools in my area. I even went as far as this one school that was like 30 miles from my house. So I was really just, you know, trying to hit the ground running with trying to get this, this, you know, th- these gigs. And no one was taking me because, you know, I was in school. I was coming up against people who've had PhDs and master's degrees and have been teaching for 20, 30 years. And here I am, I don't even have a degree in music. So according to them, I didn't really qualify. So I was kind of sitting here like, okay, what do I do? So something was like, well, what do you have to lose by just ordering a bunch of flyers, 
like about 5,000 flyers and just passing them around. Like who can tell you, you can't start building your own student clientele. And that's when things started. So mm. even with everything that I was going through that summer, I ordered those flyers. It was about 5,000. And I spent literally every day that wasn't raining, <laughs> you know, just going to, I said, I'm going to hit, you know, a hundred door to door flyers a day. So I spent, I got up at six in the morning, even with me being depressed and just having to deal with everything that I had went through. I said, I'm going to get out of this. And three months from now, I'm going to be grateful that I made this move. So I would get up at six in the morning and spend from six to eight in the morning, passing out door to door flyers, doing at least a hundred flyers a day. And just wow. doing it that way, it was almost like that situation that I was going through was motivation versus, you know, a determined. That's just kind of how I am. But by the end of that summer, by the time I went back to school that fall semester, I had close, I had somewhere between 20 to 30 private students. Nice. So, wow. <laughs> so that was, and the reason why that, that moment was important for me is because it showed me what I was capable of, even in my darkest moments. So whatever I decided to put my mind to, I knew that nothing could stop me from doing it. So that was my mm. most important moment musically. Nice. That was a very good moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. That's, that's, that's hustle, grind, and determination right there. Mm -hmm. And mental, mental toughness. Who taught you that mental toughness? Huh? Who taught you that mental toughness? You know, I don't, I don't know if anyone had taught me that. I think that's something that I, I had always had because, you know, any musician who knows this situation, they know that when you deal with people who tell you you can't do something, um, I've even been told by someone very close to me about the idea of teaching my own students. And, you know, I won't mention any names. I'm not sure if he'll even, you know, watch this podcast. But the first thing he said to me was, you'd be better off as a waitress. Wow. And I will never to my great, I will never, ever forget. I mean, obviously, he's, you know, that person's proud of me now, but mm -hmm. it's like, dude, you know, what, where would I have been if I had listened to you? Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where I think I may have gotten it genetically from my mother because she was the same way. She was very tenacious, you know, uh, tenacious and she was very hardworking and she kind of instilled those practices into me at a very young age. She taught me, you know, as, as a teenager, how to, you know, basically build my own business. So mm -hmm. I kind of just carried that. So the more I got resistance from other people in terms of them telling me what I couldn't do, the more I used that as fuel. Mm. So. Now, if you were to start all over again, what would you have done differently? What would I have, man, if I had known what I knew now, I probably would have just used Facebook ads instead of flyers. <laughs> 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 I would have that's hustle, but <laughs> I've done some flyering. But yeah, go ahead. Know, and I won't even knock flyers. No, I, I think flyers is actually still a very good way. It's just a lot of physical work. But um, in terms of anything else, I would not have changed anything because I would not have learned what I learned today. And I wouldn't have gotten the confidence in myself to pursue what I want to pursue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And now, what was the best advice you ever received? Man, <laughs> so many things. I don't even know where to begin with that. Know your value. I think that's the most important thing. Um, I know that there's, I'm not sure if you've kind of been in the loop about, you know, conversations with, you know, going on with the NAMM show. Um, because 
the, the NAMM show has pretty much sparked a conversation about endorsements and musicians, um, just using it as an example, accepting free endorsements. Mm. And uh, for a while, that was kind of confusing me in terms of, okay, I, I had this understanding that endorsements included monetary exchange. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out that as far as music is concerned, endorsements really just, you know, kind of go down to free gear or just kind of gear. And my question was, well, how much gear can pay a bill? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being very honest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did this trend even begin? But apparently that's just what musicians are allowing. They're not allowing, you know, their work to be recognized and respected. Listen, if you're going to be, you know, using me for your, you know, for your, your gear, I deserve to be paid. And mm-hmm. it's not like we're asking these companies who, you know, who are poor, they have money. So, and not even just that, but even when we're asked to pay, you know, to play at gigs like churches, unless you have like a personal relationship with that church and you don't mind, you know, doing it as a favor. But I think that we end up sacrificing monetary exchange for what we call exposure. So we end up doing all these gigs for free because, oh, we're getting exposure, exposure, but exposure to who? You need to be paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to be paid your worth. You know, I was, yeah. I was, um, you know, approached with that, that, um, that arrangement. And I'm like, no, because you're asking for my time and you're asking for my expertise because mu- music is an expertise and we have to treat it as mm-hmm. if we were, you know, as if you were a lawyer, as if you're an accountant, because you had to get trained to provide this service for other people. Yeah. It's so, a learned skill. Yeah, it is. It's a learned skill. And even though you may think, oh, I'm just only, you know, using you for a couple of hours, but do you know how, how much practice had to go into just those couple of hours of service? So that's the reason why we can't, we can't really accept free work in that sense. You really have to start getting paid. And you can't make people make you feel bad for asking for money if they make you feel bad they're not your ideal client yeah that's the thing uh, i i did notice that a lot of musicians came from nam with like mm-hmm. five to ten endorsements I'm like, huh? All right, so, <laughs> the, okay you got a couple of sticks and maybe a few reads but are they i mean <laughs> you're pretty much marketing their business for them for right, free right right and <laughs> And, and don't you? And then they don't realize that I did my research on them. Now mm-hmm. I, d- I have a podcast on that. Yeah. The thirty-eight dollars per square foot for the um, LA Nam. Mm-hmm. That's what these booths are paying paying Nam to ha- be there. These right. people have money. It's an eleven billion dollar industry. industry. Right. Just in those four days. In the four days, and a hundred thousand people, and you just want to get. I mean, who are you being exposed to? Is more so for clout or just to, you know, for, I guess, musicians, I don't know, I guess they lack that self-confidence in themselves to as, to see what they're worth. They don't know what they're worth. They think the worth is going to be attached to this guy's product from mm-hmm. some middle of nowhere Oregon and, you know, whatever. So that's what I think. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because I had to say this because people go to NAMM for different reasons. So if you, you, if you are going there, you know, just for fun, I, I really, this wouldn't necessarily apply to those people, but if you're that musician who's trying to make a living, then going, you know, to them just for endorsements for free gear is not going to get you that far. 
mm-hmm. will get you some recognition. If if now if that's what you're going there for, then by all means knock yourself out. But if you're trying if your end goal is money and living, then you're gonna have to do a lot better than getting endorsements for free gear. You're gonna have to get paid at some point. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, now what are you what you got going on right now and um, where can people find you? So right now I actually have um, three courses released. I have an online piano course. They're all on the same site. Um, I have an online piano course for beginners. It goes from the very basics of learning piano from naming the white and black key. I add seven musicians, you know what they are, but for those who don't, that's the whole point of the course <laughs> to teach you those, uh, those things. And I have in a membership program which is called my online piano training program. And what that does is it teaches you, it doesn't teach you anything, it trains you. So it's a series of exercises where you get to apply everything that you learned in the beginner course into a series of exercises and mini courses that take you to different skill levels. So that's the membership program, that's $29 a month. The full course is either a one-time fee of $99 or you can break up it into two payments of $55. And then, um. For those who are on a smaller budget, I actually just released what I call a starter kit, which is just the first two chapters of the course. Um, that's going for $27. And all of that can be found at my website called themusicalweb.com. So it's T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-W-E-B-B.com. Awesome. There you have it. <laughs> I got to have you on again. You got a lot of insight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I, go, I want to do one about endorsements. And uh, I don't oh, know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you in contact, contact with you about that. But okay, thank you for, for being on my podcast. And everybody, go visit themusicalweb.com. It is Miss Ayana Webb here, formerly known as Ivory Melody. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me here. What's up, everybody? This is Ian here, bringing you another music motivational minute from the Musicians Hangout. I'm here to tell you, sometimes God will put you in the position that you're not qualified for. Let me explain. So, this Sunday, the Grammys are going to be on, and they have a young lady, older lady, named Jennifer Lopez, who is doing... The tribute to Motown. She's performing, they say. The tribute to Motown. Yes, they passed up Beyonce. They passed up Jasmine Sullivan. They passed up Fantasia. They passed up even the people who are alive. Now, who could sing the Motown songs the way they Motown loved them sung? But the Grammys chose J-Lo to sing Motown. Whoo, yes, sometimes God will put you in a position that you are not qualified for. I mind to say that she's not qualified. The people say she's not qualified there. We know about J-Lo. We've heard her songs. Hey, it's up. Yeah, we, we heard it. So that brings me to when I was a 
intern. This young boy from Detroit, I got an internship at the Recording Academy in Nashville, of all places. Some of the most on Detroit music you can find in Nashville. I was the only brother in within miles. Sometimes God will put you in a position you are not qualified for. Who says I'm not qualified for it? I didn't know anything about the I knew about the Grammys, but I didn't know about the the role that I was gonna be in too much. But sometimes God will put you there. So just letting everyone keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep on steady. Keep on doing what you're doing. Stay consistent, and maybe you may be put in a position that you are not qualified for. All right, this has been a Music Motivational Minute. It's Ian here. Hey, why don't you follow me on Instagram, I-A-N-S-L-A-B-E-L. All right, peace.